during this time in the United States where I grew up, schools were segregated by race and they had a program which allowed you to choose to go to other than your neighborhood school so that you wouldn't, uh, you would no longer be in a segregated school. You would basically be integrating a school as a black person going to a white quote unquote school. Uh, it was probably my first moment where I actually made the decision to walk courageously into an unknown. Well, hello and welcome to Connect with Courage. My name is Gabriel Pescher. I'm your host and friend here on this show. And today we're traveling to California in the US. And we're going to have a chat with my good friend and mentor, Grace Carter. Now, Grace is really one of the most compassionate and wisest people I know. And she's also totally rocking it professionally. She ran her own law practice for many years. She's been working as a judge for many years. And in the recent years, she started also to mentor people and to run mastermind groups. And she's also running a blog. So I'm really proud to have her on the show today. And here are just a few of the insights that you're going to get from this conversation. Number one, how to stay strong when you aren't liked or welcome. Number two, how to deflect hatred and bigotry. Number three, how to cultivate friends and allies in any kind of environment. And number four, which I think is super important for today's world, how to overcome feelings of inferiority as well as superiority. And I'm also super excited to get into this part as we talk about the bigger picture, picture behind her experience. And I just can't wait to get into this. So with, without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Hello, Grace. Hi there. So, Grace. Um, can you take me back to a time in your life when you had a special moment of courage? So I, I love this question. And I, I just want to say that I had to, um, I had to really call through a lot of moments of courage to, to think about this. But the first uh, that I remember uh, was um, seventh grade. Um, I was, uh, I made a decision to leave a school environment, uh, which had been my sort of circle of friends and whatnot since kindergarten, and uh, venture into a, a completely different school environment, which I expected uh, that it would be very hostile um, to me. Um, during this time in the United States where I grew up, um, schools were segregated by race and they had a program which allowed you to choose uh, to go to other than your neighborhood school so that you wouldn't, uh, you would no longer be in a segregated school. You would basically be integrating a school as a black person going to a white quote unquote school. And so um, <clears throat> I volunteered to do that and uh, went into this uh, environment, um, which in retrospect um, turned out to be one that changed the trajectory of my life. Um, but 
the hostility that I encountered there was the first time that I had actually uh, seen uh, that kind of uh, dismissiveness, hate, and anger um, about my, and others, I wasn't alone. There were other children who similarly volunteered for this um, freedom of choice, as they called it. And But I learned from that how to take risk, um, how to engage across cultures, how to uh, deflect hatred and bigotry, um, how to stand strong in, uh, when you weren't liked or uh, welcome, and, um, and how to find and cultivate allies. Those skills uh, still serve me today. Yeah, so I don't have any regrets about leaving that comfort and security. Um, but uh, it was probably my first moment where I actually made the decision to walk courageously into an unknown. Thanks so much for sharing the moment, Grace. And can you, can you take me back to the moment? Um, how did it feel for you? What, what was the emotional process you were going through when you made the decision? Do you still remember that? When I made the decision, um, mm -hmm. I, I think it was about opportunity, uh, primarily. The schools were financed differently, so the quote-unquote white schools had more resources, had... Uh, had things available to them that were not available at the quote unquote black schools. And so that was a part of the choice. The other was that in my community, students who had certain kinds of promise were encouraged to venture out. Um, to be on this vanguard at the time. And, uh, and so I had encouragement from my family. I, you know, as, as a 12 year old, you can't make such a decision alone. Um, but um, they saw in me promise and they wanted it to be realized. And, um, and so that's why I think the decision was made. And walk the first day I remember of school, I went. There was another kid in my neighborhood that went with me. Um, and, uh, you know, we were together, but not together. He, you know, he was a 12 year old boy as a 12 year old girl. We didn't really want to be seen together. Um, but uh, we drew strength from each other, uh, walking, you know, somewhat fearfully into this environment. Um, not knowing anyone and uh, and expecting what we got was stares and hostility, um, which over time, of course, went away because uh, connection dissolves bigotry and hatred. Knowledge of someone is a place to draw friendships. So, um, 
I won't say that it was an entirely awful experience, quite the contrary. But in the beginning, there is something about walking through fear into a moment. And uh, the, the actual taking of the steps is, I think, what we call courage. Um, it doesn't erase the fear. It's simply facing it and moving through it. Um, so as a 12-year-old, 12, 12 I, I, as I think I was probably around 12, um, it was uh, that kind of moment. And, and how great that you found like an ally from day one, right? Yeah, that is true. Um, an ally of sorts, sort of a secret ally, because. Uh, you know, he was a 12-year-old boy who didn't want to be associated, uh, you know, with me or being my protector or whatever. Um, and I understand and understood that, you know. Uh, we, we were together, but we were both forging our own path. All right. So how, how did that work? What kind of conversations did you have? How did this kind of being together but not being together in this? How did it work out? Um, well, we both survived. We both graduated from high school, went to college, went to law school. We were both attorneys. I think it worked out in the end. Um, and uh, I've only recently reconnected with him after mm, 40 years. And wow. uh, there is familiarity and affection of, you know, that is similar to a 12 year old, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, um, but certainly I had a lot of joy in making that connection again, uh, seeing his success and, um, and how differently our lives had, had gone. Um, but yeah, there, there's certainly shared experiences that we have. Um, right, amazing. Amazing connecting back over the time. And um, as, as you went into this difficult place and being fearful, were there any times when you said, like, I don't want to go there, I don't want to do this, I want to go home? You know, I don't remember that. I really... Uh, I don't remember wanting to go the other direction. I, 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 I went in with the intention of being successful there, and I didn't look back. So I wow. can't say that that's uh, that's how I felt at all. I felt really uh, that I made the best decision for my life. I recognized that it would not necessarily be the decision for everyone, but right. it was, I, I have no regrets about it. Um, so so right. no, I would not say that I, I had any kind of uh, regret about that decision. Right. So you said that in the beginning you were faced by hostility, but at some point that changed. Did I get this right? Well, yes. Um, 
in a variety of ways over time, uh, things changed. But um, in in that those first uh, perhaps that first year, what changed uh, wasn't that the people who were there left; they were still there. What changed is that uh, you got to know people as as friends, as uh, <clears throat> you know, school friends. Uh, not necessarily um, uh, that the atmosphere is so so much changed that their parents so much changed, but that in getting to know people, getting you know playing hockey on the same hockey team, being in the same classrooms, uh, running track, those kinds of things created camaraderie and friendships and uh, and those friendships I think still um, are uh, you know kind of appear over time as I you know occasionally go back to Virginia where I grew up and um, or Facebook where you know there are groups of people that have gathered that have the shared connection of being in High school together, uh, whatnot. So, so you can see that relationships were forged, and and I think that's what makes the difference. I was not um, ostracized to the extent that no one ever spoke to me. That was not the kind of environment it was. It was basically the um, beginning of the breaking down of those kinds of barriers. And so there was perhaps a little bit more receptivity than what you see in earlier times in the late 50s, the early 60s in the U.S. This was this would have been the late 60s when I went to uh, junior high school. So I think I think those are, uh, you know, there's evidence of change in people's hearts that comes from understanding and association and only by that if you cannot get it from reading it in a book um, you have to experience other people other cultures other other genders in order to understand them um, Right, right. I can certainly relate to that personally. When I when I started, um, like I, I grew up in a very small village or in town with like all the same people. And the first time I went out in the world, we had visitors from elsewhere. Or then, when I started teaching people from all all the world, it certainly helped me to understand better and open myself for that, and to yeah to build friendships there and and, and connection. And I, I really love what you're saying that. Um, you you were faced with a very difficult situation, and but the way how you describe it is very compassionate, and I'm just wondering, like, what kind of what kind of wisdom do you draw from that for our time today, when there's still division, and some in some places there's increasing division. And what kind of lessons would you draw for, for our times? Like for somebody 
right now who might be like 12 years old right now and in the place where, where you were. And so they are still experiencing division, racism. Um, what kind of wisdom would you draw from, from your own experience? Um, well, the, the, I guess the first thing I say is um, if you are the minority culture, the one that's maligned and hated, um, as I was, then the first thing is uh, not believing all that. Uh, you are not less than, you are not, um, you know, a few in the eugenics mode, you're, you're not, you know, some sort of uh, hybrid human. Um, uh, you are as much God's child as, as the majority. You are distinguished by things that are completely external to who you actually are your skin color, your language, your uh, religion. Um, and once you can understand that, once you have people around you who believe enough in you to understand your potential, uh, then um, <clears throat> you walk in it. You, you accept this is what the reality is. And I have a place in it um not as a burden to bear uh, be, but as you know perhaps a mountain to climb um it while being you some people adapt by erasing who they are and i think right. it's important to embrace who you are and walk anyway. Um, and in, in a culture like uh, mine, there is always that uh, pressure uh, to be someone you're not, which, which is very um, difficult to maintain. Um, my encouragement is to be who you are. Uh, and then draw other people along uh, that they would understand you as you are. So I, I, I have a friend who I believe we probably met in seventh grade. Um, she's certainly the first, uh, her home was the first home of a white person that I was invited to spend the night with her and her five sisters. It's a huge family by today's standards, but um, it was quite a experience uh, going into this home and, and eating what they ate for dinner and running around in their home in the manner in which they did. Um, but that friendship, although it laid fallow for I don't know, 40 years or more, is still a, a deep connection because uh, I was who I was, she was who she was. We didn't, we were very transparent with uh, who we are. I don't have to 
remember who I was acting like I was. I, I am who I say I am. Um, and I think that's an important thing. There is such a, um, a cultural paradigm that accepts you if you're like me. Um, and I think really that's not what we want. We don't want everyone to be milk toast, uh, vanilla, some, uh, some sort of uh, watered down version of ourselves. Um, so I, I encourage young people to figure out who they are and be that. Um, not imitating what they see on television, not imitating what they see in the fashion magazines, not imitating, you know, uh, but to be who they are. That's uh, the first thing I would say. Um, and then not to be, uh, feel so sorry for yourself. It's them, as uh, I think Zora Neale Hurston said, it's, it's the other people that are losing the opportunity to know you. Um, wow. It's their loss, not my loss. I, I am totally secure in who I am. I know I have something to offer now that you can't see it, that you can't trust me, that you can't spend your money with me. That's not my problem. That's your problem and your loss. Um, and I think that's a good lesson to learn about your value as a person. And you carry that value. Um, so, um, I, I didn't, you know, I was not the most popular person in the school, but I probably was well known um, <laughs> because I stood out. Um, and I continued to do that kind of thing. So uh, I went to college at a school in a time um, that had formerly been an all-male school, an all-white male school. And I went at a time when women were just being admitted. I was in perhaps the fourth class of women. Um, and of course, I was uh, further distinguished by being among the first black students to be admitted as undergraduates at this school. And I, and I think I bought that, those same skills that I had learned as a 12 year old um, with me. Uh, I, I, it is a theme that gets repeated, and that is um, walking into an environment that's unfamiliar, uh, that perhaps you're on the vanguard, the first, this or that. Um, but um, it's not so much in being the first. There really is no glory in that. That is a testimony to the brokenness of our culture as opposed to anything I did. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, once again, I think in all those environments, it's important to find uh, allies, uh, people who are supportive, who are friends, who are uh, those with whom you have common interests. Sometimes it's made for you, you're an athlete, 
uh, you hang out with athletes and you speak the language of your sport. Uh, very good ways to find commonality when you play chess or you're in a similar club, uh, you know, some kind of interest, reading, you know, whatever literary type organizations uh, you may, uh, you know, be introduced to. Unfortunately, at least in the United States, uh, the church is not that place uh, because for the most part, the church remains segregated by race. Um, and, um, and so instead of being a place where you find diversity, it is probably more a place where you find comfort from the pain of walking that walk. Um, unless you're one who is on the vanguard of integrating a church, uh, which, you know, uh, is certainly an important thing as well. And some people are, are called to that. Uh, I certainly feel called to that, um, probably because of my experience. But, um, so, yeah, that, 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 uh, those, you know, sort of formative years. Um, then there, there are other kinds of courage, moments of courage that I um, remember that are very different from that. I, 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 uh, I hope that's encouraging to someone who is walking. Uh, in what may seem to be alone in a foreign environment, that um, they are neither alone nor are they actually foreign. Uh, if they're there, they should be there. Um, right. And there's purpose in why they're there. Right. That's an amazing way to put it. I was just thinking about all the students I had in my class um, were like immigrants and sometimes refugees. And I always try to create a space where they would just feel like, you know, they belong. And um, a place where they can like start building skills and um, from the kind of secure place where everybody's you know, just no matter what, what they think, what they believe, and um, that's, that's been quite challenging <laughs> also, because people come from different backgrounds with very different beliefs, but um, just trying to create a culture where we can be different and appreciate that even if we don't understand. Yeah, well, I think actually such such places and uh, are really the hope. Uh, somehow we have to, get beyond our fear of each other, our um, our sense of superiority, um, our sort of um, notions of manifest destiny and um, 
eugenics, which I mentioned earlier, that undermine other right. peoples and cultures uh, because of the things that make them different from us. Um, different does not necessarily mean worse, but I think Western culture tends to identify difference as bad um, and then is unable to look through the archaeological lens and see the value, the perfection of other cultures because they're different. Instead, they're just relics. Um, and, that, and that is taught to our children, um, that sense of, of superiority, of, uh, of lack of understanding of difference. Um, in the United States, because our country is so massive, we really don't have a lot of opportunity to experience difference. You can drive 3,000 miles uh, east to west and 2,000 miles north to south and not leave the country, not have to speak another language, uh, not have to uh, see people who are not of your same nationality. Um, there are probably not very many places. Uh, maybe China is as big, but even there they speak different languages in different parts of the nation. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a marvel. Uh, we are able to live uh, in a very sort of homogenous kind of way in terms of language. And so what you see is a lot of hostility about it. Uh, you know, uh, speak English, as opposed to how can I learn to communicate with you? Um, <clears throat> and in fact, uh, we rarely speak other than English, whereas in, in Europe, it seems that people speak multiple languages, at, at least if you're my guide. Um, you know, speaking other than your native tongue is commonplace. Um, and I would say that is probably common throughout the world. Um, but here, even though we have a large Spanish-speaking population, um, we don't really feel a lot of compulsion to learn Spanish so that we can talk to them. Um, and, and so... Right. I, you know, I think that there is a, a value in appreciating culture, not as curiosity so much as um, necessary to learn how to engage with people who are of a different culture than you, not a better or worse culture, but different. Um, and I'm not sure we do a good job of that. Um, in terms of education. And so for people who are of those other cultures, there is a value in being the education, although that's a heavy burden to always be running around educating other people about their relations understandings. Um, but um, mm -hmm. there, there is a need to accept their ignorance 
and not accepted, but acknowledged that some of this stuff is born out of abject ignorance, mm-hmm. not necessarily hostility, and and there are opportunities to educate. Um, and there is a lot of resistance uh, to being that person, to being the person who is in this constant uh, explanation of who you are to others. Right. And and I don't think you have to be in that constant explanation, but um, not to turn it inward and be angry about it is the challenge. Right. Um, because mm-hmm. your anger, you know, is 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 like turning on yourself uh, because of their ignorance. That makes really little no sense. Um, and right. instead, we need to meet some of that ignorance with compassion. Um, and I know that kind of sounds really uh, idyllic and maybe Pollyannish, but. Um, It's a lot easier than managing it with anger and uh, and self destruction, uh, and you know, and that is that is always the problem of uh, these burdens because some people self destruct; they cannot carry the burden. And then they anesthetize it yeah. with uh, alcohol or drugs or uh, counterculture kinds of activities um, in this effort to um, be be who they are, be seen, be understood, be accepted. Um, right. And of course, I'm I'm not suggesting that the dominant culture of whatever it might be doesn't have responsibility they absolutely do have responsibility to look beyond their superiority and become right. inclusive and accept intersectionality and uh, and be tolerant you know, all of these are buzzwords in a way that have become um um, battle cries and uh, by uh, people who are resisting other people's rights to exist. <laughs> you know the the xenophobic, uh, racist, white supremacist mm-hmm. type ideology that seems to be, you know, being more emboldened by the year is born of that resistance. Um, to understanding others. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, there's a great loss in in that um, notion that not only am I superior, but I'm so superior that I don't even need to know anything else about anybody else. Uh, They just need to know that Mm. uh, they are less than I am. Uh-huh. Uh, which of course is fallacious, um, but uh, you know that's that's sort of. Uh, I think you, you as a 
as a person who has borne it from the side of being a minority, <laughs> um, it's it's important to protect your own mental health, and and uh, that's why I said in the beginning it, it is important to find and cultivate allies. Um, how, however, they, whatever they look like, um, so that you have a an environment where you can retreat. No one can be on the battlefield forever. You have to have places of comfort and uh, places to go and and um, and have some self care and 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 refuel and peace. In, in comfort of who you are. If you don't, then yeah, you're going to burn out. You're going to become useless over time to the cause, quote unquote. Um, right. Right. I mean, that's just a testimony to the power of connection, right? Like, even if we are in a very difficult place, like you feel this extra double burden, you're just you're building you're building your life. You're growing up, you're going to school, you're building your life, like what everybody does, right? And then you have the extra burden of of educating your surroundings. Exactly, and, <laughs> you know? and that is, and I appreciate and, people <laughs> who are standing up and saying, you know what, that's not my job. I'm. It's not my job to make right. you feel better about how bad right. you feel. It's your job, and it is it is their job, um, but it's certainly not um, it's not something that happens without uh, impetus, and so you might be the match that strikes an interest. And someone else about being more uh, inclusive, more understanding, more open. And yeah, it's hard to be the match. Um, but you know, I think some we're we're often called to be that, to be that person that lights the fire, the person that asks the right question, the person that hands over, you know, hey, maybe you'd like to read this book, maybe it would help you to understand this, have you ever done that, as a, as a way of ushering someone into a bigger world. Um, and um, and if, 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 if you do that, then what you've done is forge a path for who comes behind you. Um, and and uh, yeah, it does feel like a heavy burden. But life has a bunch of burdens. No one gets to uh, you know get born and leave without having suffered, um, without having had mm -hmm. some um, joys and some defeats, without having experienced some pain. Right? That would that would be a very um, dull life really um <clears throat> so i i i i don't question okay lord why did you put me in the skin that's i'm 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 excited that he entrusted me with who i am 
right. um, and uh, and right. that my purpose is in who I am, not in who you know mm. uh, someone else's. I don't I don't question his wisdom. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of. Uh, I, I'm not I have answered that question, but uh, thank you for the amazing insight. Um, it's there's definitely a lot in there for me to un unpack as well, and I, I'm wondering, like, from my perspective as being in the like majority culture. Um, and I certainly, I had the experience of growing up, you know, I told right around people who are mostly the same than our church. We had visitors from outside, but they were like special people, right? They were not like your people you would like have in class. So like our, our schools were, we had a few people who had a different ethnicity, but very, very few. And, and so for me, it was much later that I got, got like, yeah, I've been abroad to different countries. I had the experience myself of being like the outsider and how that feels like and how that how it can feel like and also take to be excluded or not be accepted. And I think for me, this, this has been very very good educa education to, to learn how important it is to, to, be, yeah, to, 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 to provide these places where we we're just there with each other, right? And 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 without the expectation of the other person, they have to be a certain way. And also for, for me, like my internal transformation when I was, you know, starting to teach refugees, and and I come from a very Christian background, and you know, being in a classroom with major, mainly Muslim people, and hearing my my you know, the, the 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 friends or the friends or family where I come from saying, hey, how, how can you do this, right? You know, it's, it's uh, and they, they didn't understand that these are just normal people, right? You live a normal life and, and amazing people I've got to know and to, to learn to value it as, as students, as friends, and also teachers I, I've had um, who came from that background. And so it's just, we can be so much in our own world. And and, and as you said, like like we have these, strong beliefs of being superior it can be because of our race or our religion because of a certain political belief and and we just try to protect this belief or this 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 kind of way of being so much that we automatically like dismiss everything that's different and and it's certainly been a journey for me like to to open myself also personally and and i just wish that more and more people could could go on this path and and certainly I think that the weight is much heavier on, on, on people like you um, who like like if you are in the minority group and if you feel it, if if you feel it every day and so I'm just wondering like um, what would you what would you recommend to a person like me who wants to make a positive impact in in, in this way what what could we do well um, I think One of those things is is being uh, not believing the hype about 
uh, your own uh, superiority, your gifts, your, you know, this idea that uh, only uh, only Anglo's have made any great contributions to the world, these kinds of fallacious understandings that are often taught to children, um, that they're, they're propaganda. They're absolutely not true. Um, and, and so you don't need to believe the hype about your own superiority. You, you, uh, you know, if you're a Christian, then you ought to be wondering, well, wait a minute. It says, for God so loved the world, not that he loved, uh, uh, white people or, you know, and of course we're talking about a God coming out of the Middle East, coming out of you know, so I, you know, it just right. blows my mind that somehow that gets translated into some kind of white God. Um, and and right. when, in fact, right. there will be a lot of people just shaking their head and wonder when they get to heaven and they see, oh, uh, it's not as we <laughs> expected up here. Um, <clears throat> but... Um, uh, that I guess would be the first thing. It, there's a you have to have some internal um, mechanism uh, to uh, be able to dispassionately understand the limitations of your own culture. Um, and 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 understand its genesis. Uh, and then um, you need to move out you know i did that as a as a 12 as a 12 year old i moved out i moved forward into alone right but if you want to stay in your little uh, village with the people that you've known for generations then well you're going to have a different kind of experience and you might actually believe in your own superiority um, or the opposite, depending on the kind of village it is, you may believe in your own uh, degradation, um, your own poverty, right. your own right. you know, intergenerational curse, whatever that is. Um, if you don't move right. outward, uh, expand your uh, associations. Um, so I think there's a great benefit in in moving away from your family of origin, seeing what the rest of the world looks like in some way. Maybe you don't have money to travel or resources or interest in going to other countries, but you can, in the U.S. you have you know hundreds of thousands of miles that you can explore and not leave the country. And in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, see Mm -hmm. and understand a world that is quite diverse quite awesome and even in just in terms of its natural beauty and diversity um you know no one would go to uh the rocky mountains and then go to the alps and try to decide which is better that's not the point Um, (laughs) right Right. Mountains, they're different. <laughs> they're in different places, but they both have 
awesome beauty and value. But we do that with people. Um, right. And, you know, who knows? Maybe there are people who run around uh, giving a 10 to certain mountains and a 2 to others. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I think there there is probably something to learn from how we are accepting of the natural diversity of the world, that um, we could extend that to the awesome diversity of humanity, uh, not it's one is less than the other, right. that there are simply um, variations on the same exact uh, theme. Um, and uh, right. so that, that to me, it's a personal thing. And then you teach your children. Um, you know, uh, mm. I, I, I am certain that nothing I did was really me. It was what was the foundation was laid by my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents. Um, not like, oh, I just, mm -hmm. I, I just, you know, invented this thought. No, uh, you lay the foundation in your children. Right. So when you, you, you're running around seeing all over the world and whatnot, somehow that foundation of adventure, of experience and experimentation was laid in you as a, as a young person. Um, Maybe it was the kind of books you had in your home that you could sit and look at pictures of other peoples and cultures and marvel at them. I mean, I can remember having books of that, you know, picture books with all these different peoples around the world that were very interesting as a as a kid in uh, in in Virginia. Um, perhaps that planted a seed of right. curiosity, of, uh, of acceptance. Um, you know, we weren't always uh, reverent about these pictures. Some of them were, you know, shocking uh, as, a, as a child, you know. All the, you know, breasts being exposed in other places. Now, I've been a, a lot of places. I have not seen anybody you know, running around like that. Um, but that was what was in the Time Life book of natural history or whatever. Um, you haven't seen it. Um, right, so, right. You know, there's a lesson in that as well. But um, <laughs> there's right. Right. still right, 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 right. value in, in teaching our children the massive diversity of the world and where we can your parents living in a small village in uh in in germany may not could not maybe invite over for dinner some you know african-american person because they didn't know any right <laughs> there weren't any around um but there's still ways uh, to model that to our to our to young people, the children coming behind us, even right. even if we don't actually have anyone that we know, um, you know. So I, I think that's right. the 
the first step as a majority person is 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 sort of getting rid of your own delusions or illusions of your of, of how your way is so much better well you know if you were if you were i was just reading a listening to a podcast about an archaeologist and um he ended up among the inuit in uh, northern alaska and he realized being among these people that he had no skills to survive in in their mm-hmm. environment <laughs> he, right. he 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 may be quite right. he was a, a a german um professor um and well known had all kinds of resources but he had nothing mm-hmm. to show him how to eat among these people, but for them, all right, it, it helped him sort of change his view of 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 how we should look at culture and and, and the adaptations that people make. Right. It's totally awesome that these people live in this hostile environment, and yet they have survived, thrived for millennia. And who 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 are we to come in and right. say, oh, uh, they're you know primitive? Um, but right. when they have done something that you couldn't do for a week, you you, you, can, you could not go up there right, with what right, they right. have and survive. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think that right. is um, right, probably right. that's the most difficult thing because I don't think most people are willing uh, to. Do that kind of introspection, um, which is why they, it's much easier to put uh-huh. your hat on and say you're uh, proclaim how great you are, and um, by implication how uh-huh. less than great other people are. Um, that's that's so much easier uh-huh. than doing the hard work of understanding others. Um, so. That's what I would right. I would say. Those are the kinds of paradigm shifts that have to happen in terms of whether it, whether right. it's religion, whether it's uh, culture, whether it's language. Um, you you need to put yourself in a perspective that is other than I'm the apex I'm at the I'm at the top of this hill no no you're not it's first of all it's not a hill all right um but um if 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 that's the only way you can think uh then then you at least owe yourself um the work of actually having some way to value people's places on the hill um, in ways that matter. And what we tend to do is value around things that matter to us. So it matters to us in the United States that we have indoor plumbing. It may not matter as much in, in places where they have other stuff going on. Um, and, and so... Um, right, right. Yeah, I think, I think those shifts toward inclusion and understanding have to 
the paradigm. And, and then there's this also this thing that I quite really don't understand of protecting your bloodline, your, uh, you know, whatever, however you view this notion of superiority. Well, um, right. again, it, it, and often I hear this from Christian people, which kind of blows my mind since it in so many ways is the antithesis of Christianity, um, as I see it, at least. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, right. those are those are fallacious kinds of understandings and they, they become built on myths. Mm. And, and then a whole cult of understanding is built around it and 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 people flock toward it because it props up their egos it props up their sense of self uh, when there is no no reason why um you know your interpretation is accurate it it, it makes no sense but it does prop up your ego, right? And I think I think it's important to be able to discern right. those things. When whenever it is that you're sitting around thinking about how superior you are, right. you're probably wrong. Um, and um, right. And and it, that alone can be a gauge about the who who exactly is misled. Um. I, and you know, so I think I think that's probably mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it seems to me uh, there is this uh, there is like the last gasp white supremacist kinds of thing uh, philosophy uh, sort of embracing mm-hmm. various pockets of the world right now, mm-hmm. and I don't know what that last gasp. Uh, Results and I just sense that it's this like uh, uh, the recognition that oh my gosh maybe we aren't superior we we're gonna get uh, you know our bloodlines are all gonna get uh, soiled or spoiled or whatever the idea is um, and there's a lot of anger around realizing wait a minute. We aren't as superior as we thought we were, and 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 I think I think you see a lot of that mm. among among various groups around the world now, as the um, as the world mm-hmm. has become smaller in a lot of ways, and travel is much more um, available, and people are moving, migrating, immigrating all over the place. Mm-hmm. The, began to see that oh, wait a minute right. the world is changing and we um we this majority or what we think is a majority actually isn't even a majority but who's counting um but uh certainly an economic majority um you know a possessor mm-hmm. of power right. or whatever right. or are seeing a world where they 
you know, need to find their place at somewhere other than where they self-defined at the top of the heap. You know, and so I get it. I get that that's mm -hmm. a, a hard, you know, if you actually believed it in the first place, um, it must be hard to climb down uh, your, you know, your little shine mountain, and, you know, on the same plane as other people. Um, right. But there is nothing uh, better than having you know, an awesome diversity of friends and um, yes. interests, uh, literature, of, you know, whatever, to, to, if for no reason other than to expand your own understanding, uh, but out of that grows compassion uh, for others. Um, when you see people who are so myopic, they only know their own world. They only see mm -hmm. themselves in some certain way. You see someone who has been miseducated, maleducated, whatever. They've missed the point of an education, mm -hmm. uh, which has to be to expand your understanding beyond right. your own level corner okay um, right. and when those people who have right, those right, limited right. understandings become people of power it's a very dangerous thing and you've seen that uh -huh. happen around the yes. world lately um, yes because they appeal to something that people uh, want everyone wants to be at the top of the hill they, in other words, everyone wants to be above somebody else. It's apparently some part of human nature, um, and uh, and that is at the expense of others. It's it's a very rare um, paradigm that is uh, built the opposite way about uh, egalitarian principles. You know, um, e um, e equality um, across gender. Uh, um, you know, there, 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 there. I, I don't even know if there are any that are not misogynist in some fashion. Um, and uh, oh, women can't be a priest or iman or women. Uh, worship outside this door, can't come in this door. These are all cultural paradigms that are about superiority that really have nothing to do with right. uh, God and his view, which says and there's no difference, male and female, in him. Uh, yet we have built, every religion right. has built this sort of uh, patriarchy, um, which manifests in uh, a, a world that really minimizes women and allows women to be, you know, mm -hmm. victims of war in a fantastically awful ways. Um, you know, right. a culture of rape right, right, and right. Um, 
you know, these these kinds of mm-hmm. things are built around this need um, for superiority as opposed to understanding and um, a level, you know, a level playing field. We're all, we're, you know, there is no difference among male, female, Gentile, Jew. Um, Okay. Uh, That, 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 uh, that's, that's too, too hard a paradigm to actually accept. Um, But uh, people have fought wars for millennia uh, while professing that they're doing so in, 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 in the name of, 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 of God or Allah or Jehovah or Buddha, whoever, you know, when, you know, they actually don't want the, the, the utopian kind of view that that is really within those pages. Uh, what they want is what their cultural paradigm is, is that right. is we're on top and other people on bottom. And 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 I think when right. people recognize right. Right. that kind of human nature to do that um, and resist it, then you begin to uh-huh. see the change of uh, more equity. Uh, less oppression, um, well, more acknowledgement of the value of of our girls, of uh, of women, of uh, uh, right. people who are um, maybe physically disabled or mentally disabled. Um, we we begin to be able to see them. Right. In a broader view, um, mm-hmm. and and as as you said earlier, and then we can discover the beauty of the other person and the what they have to bring. And and she said, she had, she said, we are losing out out if we're not not opening ourselves to others and. Um, be interested in, in, in buying from them and all exactly. the value losing out. Their value. A lot. Right. It's not it's in our best interest well, to because um, to we be have an economy that's actually built on oppression. You know, someone has to be the person at the bottom holding the bag, not being paid fairly, not being not earning a living wage so that we can enjoy fair pricing, quote unquote, um, so that you know things can be affordable. We we have a, a economy built on scarcity as opposed to its opposite. And as a result, uh, someone has to lose, you know, when in fact uh, it is it's a it's a fallacy. We don't. We do have enough food to feed everyone in the world if we were inclined to. Um, but right. and, and we won't face the fact right. that we're not inclined right. to. 
because then that makes us look like the mm. villainous people, uh, humans we are. Instead, we need to learn. You know, it's not about it's about the choice we've made about how to distribute resources. Um, yeah. And because of those choices, some people in this uh, world are dying of hunger, um, or thirst, or dysentery, uh, you know, uh, all these totally preventable diseases um, because we are not willing uh -huh. uh, to modify this um, structure that makes it such that some people, they might be growing the food, but they can't eat it. Um, so, you know, that's kind of uh -huh. um, yeah. probably a whole nother conversation um, because, um, but, you right. know, it certainly manifests. These, these notions we've been talking about manifest all the way through our paradigms. Uh, they 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 color everything. What we see, what we wear, what we do, what's right, what's not right. Um, right. And that means they can shift. We can we can change if we decide to change. Um, and I think uh, COVID, if there's any good thing about it, is we can't you know, sit around anymore and believe that somehow we're insulated from what's going on in the rest of the world. No, uh, that right. thing came around the world so quick um, that uh, we're, and it affected us all, uh, so, you know, to the extent you were thinking you right. were so superior that it wouldn't affect you. Oh, well, now you know that wasn't so. <laughs> Um, and uh, <laughs> right, right. And out of that, once people get over the shock of it, that is that they too can die. Um, uh -huh. I I really am hopeful that what will right. come out of it is more compassion for each other, more uh, more uh, love among people groups for the shared experience. I, I you can now travel anywhere in the world and you can all talk about right. COVID. Everybody got everybody had an experience. So there is something common that we right. experienced. Um, and um, and out of that I right. hope what comes is compassion for each other. Um, maybe you know, more than compassion, uh -huh. actual uh, assistance, uh, actual uh, collaboration, yes. um, cooperation, these kinds of things that can make the world better. Uh, it seems to me right. that's the possibility of this. Now, if I look historically and think, what is the uh, right. what is likely? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> quite the opposite. Oh yes. Uh huh. 
it's a crossroads. Uh, we can, um, you know, yes. uh, fall uh, victim to our own sense of superiority, uh, pull up our walls, um, build our barriers, um, obscure the treatment, um, uh, make it inaccessible to certain people. Uh, we can we can do all those things, and we have mm-hmm. done it. We have. We did it with HIV, um, mm-hmm. but we don't have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the choice is going, to, the decision right. is going to be, and how do we, how do, how do we do it? Will we do it like we did with polio, where polio is basically a thing of the past, a memory, um, because the Mm-hmm. world of that time saw it important to eradicate it no matter who you are well so 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 also mm-hmm. this and the next one and the next one you know uh it it it, it if it does it take a disease right. uh for us to begin to look at our neighbor with compassion maybe uh, it's better than war um right so that, <laughs> for sure I, I for sure that out of this um will come uh, greater um capacity you know, to care for people other than ourselves. Um, so, wow. Thank you so much, Grace. It's been very, very insightful. You started from your very own personal experience in seventh grade and how you develop your compassion and ported to a very, very big level of where we are right now in our world. And um, I, th- I think we all have the choice to be courageous and to say, okay, we want to do it differently. We do not want to follow then what culture may be serving us, but we want to look deeper. And I always liked that when I, when I was a kid, I had a map of the world on my, on my wall. And there was a sentence there. It said, like, mm. no half of the world can survive without the other half of the world. <laughs> and I think that's just what you just summed up right now. And just saying that. And, and, um, and it's not only about surviving, right? It's also about thriving. If you want to thrive, I mean, uh, there's so much opportunity for collaboration we have with each other. And, and everyone has potential for genius, no matter where you're from, what your circumstances are. And I think that's something we should never forget, right? No matter if we are in the minority, the majority, black or white, men or women, mm-hmm. it's all the same, right? There's, there's genius in all of us. And if we can appreciate that and collaborate and, and, and appreciate each other, love each other, and, um, and open ourselves to this abundance, this, this abundance, what is there? Like, Imagine the kind of solutions we can create for the problem for problems we're having, and so, uh, yeah, that's 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 my take on that. Um, 
Thank you so much for your time, Grace. I appreciate it very much. Um, I think just you know, our conversation is just an example of this kind of collaboration we're having. We are on different continents, uh, different ages, different ethnicity, different walks in life, different professions. And we're having this conversation. Yeah, I'm very, very grateful awesome, for that. It's added a lot of value to my life. Yeah, I, it's, it's definitely a blessing. And uh, so thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate being invited. And, um, and I appreciate the conversation. It, it's completely uh, different than what I expected. <laughs> likewise, <laughs> likewise. Um, yeah, that's 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 cool. I I I, I have uh, several more pages of things we could have discussed, but um, <laughs> I I I feel I feel very. very <laughs> I imagine. With, I imagine with that discussion. So thank you. I appreciate that. Wow, what an insightful conversation! Thank you, Grace. Now I had a hard time picking my two favorite learnings because there's just so much in it but I picked two and here they are. The first one, Chris said, some people adapt by erasing who they are. I think it's important to embrace who you are and walk anyway. And I think all of us, we had these times where we you know, tried to belong to a group or fit in and basically tried to, you know, to hide our differences, which really make us special. And the second quote is really about the opposites thing. Whenever we're feeling superior, and I, to be honest, I, I've had to use this quote on myself a couple of times just this last week. And I really lo I love, love this quote. Chris said, whenever it is that you're sitting around thinking about how superior you are, you're probably wrong. Whenever it is that you're sitting around thinking about how superior you are, you're probably wrong. And it's just very, very true. Now, to learn more about Grace Carter, visit her blog at gracecarteronline.com. That's gracecarteronline.com. And you can read more of her insights. And here's just a very short personal note on this interview. When I recorded this interview, I was nervous and my tech setup failed. And that's the reason why the audio quality is not up to what I wanted to. There are delays in there. That's why I'm laughing in the wrong places. And, you know, trust me, it was really difficult to listen to my own voice when I was going through the interview and to go again to listen to it. And I, I noticed moments where I misunderstood what was being said, when I missed opportunities for going deeper with deeper questions. And it was really a pain. It was really painful for me to... Um, to face this. So in fact, I've had this interview on my computer for I think like four months before I finally took the courage to get it out and work through it, edit it and to get it out to the world. Now I'm sharing this because I am pretty sure that you have something similar that you've pushed away for four months or longer, some are sitting on your computer or in your mind somewhere else. And I think right now might be a good moment to pick it up again and, you know, work on it and bring it to the world because your gift is important. You have something to share that's important and valuable. And there's always these things that we're feeling embarrassed about. And often they are just the very things we need to do. Now, always remember to connect with courage because courage makes your life bigger and connection makes your life 
so much better. Subscribe to the show so that you will automatically get um, the latest interviews from all around the world and share this interview with your friends so that they will also get inspiration and tools to live a life full of courage, adventure, and deep, meaningful connection. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.